Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. This is actually the first episode of a Kite Runner takeover. The Kite Runner on Broadway, the cast and creatives are taking over the podcast. So this is the first of a series of several episodes that are going to be all focused on the Kite Runner and the people involved with it. Just an amazing, amazing show if you haven't seen it yet. So the guest for this episode is Salar Nader. He's a super talented guy, super nice. He's bringing awareness of the tabla to the world, and those are uh, hand drums. He's going to get into exactly what all this is, and I'm sure you've heard it. He's mixing R&B and hip-hop into this traditional Afghan instrument. It's just this super, super cool idea, and he actually helped compose and create the original stage adaptation of The Kite Runner many years ago. Of course, he tells that story, so... Find me online, Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast on TikTok at the theater podcast. Find me on the web. Leave a rating, leave a review. You know, the drill, everything that we always say. So now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Salar Nader. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here, and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I am so truly excited to introduce today's guest, which I think I can easily classify as percussionist royalty. Hailed as Afghanistan's tabla virtuoso, he is a percussionist, composer, educator, and producer. Mentored by Grammy Award winner Zakir Hussein, he currently tours with legendary bassist Stanley Clark. Having a family history incredibly similar to the backstory of the hit Broadway play The Kite Runner, he originally composed the music and has now played tabla in a total of seven Kite Runner productions, including this Broadway run throughout the U.S. and Canada. Salar Nader, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thank you oh so my... much for having me. Man, that was a uh, that was pretty amazing. Uh, uh, what was that? Three hundred words and under a a minute. Do you remember the Micro Machine Man? I mean, I'm I'm aging myself dude, right now, but that dude, was the 80s. that guy. 
that guy was the best. He's, I, I, I've, I've like, I could do that if I had a script that I was reading and uh, that I can't because that dude, he, he had, he had Guinness Book World Records for like the fastest talking person. Did he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that that was up there. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, I think oh, you and I catch up. Yeah, you and I are like I think pretty much the same age. I remember all of that and you know coming home from school and watching Smurfs and Gummy Bears and Tailspin and Ducktales and all, there you all go. of that. There you go. Um, he Man and Thundercat. And heck yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultron. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's just let's, cool, just, cool, cool. let's just not talk about anything except eighties cartoons right now. I think. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to real quick just get a a a semantic thing. So Tabla is it. Uh, so the pronunciation. I want to make sure I'm saying everything right. So tabla is it tabla or tabla? It's the tabla. Tabla. So tabla is how we would say it. So um, the. So maybe like almost like how you would say the. So ta tabla. Tabla. So they there are ha- they're hand drums. And mm-hmm. is is the plural also tabla or tablas? Tablas. Now, here's the thing. It's uh, the tabla is about a 400 to 500 year old instrument. Yeah. And it refers to the smaller drum, which is the higher pitched instrument. And uh, so that's a tabla. Now, the bayan or the bass drum, I I play tabla southpaw. So I'm a lefty when I play tabla. But when I play baseball, I throw with my right hand and I swing right handed. So I'm a switch hitter when it comes to tabla. And uh, so tablas would be referring to many of the smaller drums. And then daga or bayan, which means uh, your left hand in Hindi. Um, or in, in Farsi, Dari, you would say bam, B-A-M, like Bam Bam from the Flintstones. More yeah. 80s cartoons. I, I'm going to go there. It's all good. <laughs> so the bam is the bass where you get all those dipping tones and doom and, mm-hmm. you know, the sounds I uh, demonstrated on stage with you a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. So so I I don't know. <laughs> we haven't gotten the footage back from Broadway Con yet. We're still waiting oh, to be sent. That. That's, that's why I haven't released it. But along with um, this Kite Runner takeover that's happening now, which includes Silar and others from the show, um, uh, we'll release. I'll release the the live panel. We had a live panel with him and and many other people. So yeah, like that was an incredible an incredible uh, panel. And uh, one of my my most favorite moments was when you were doing the tabla demonstration. And, uh, you know, it's like not often do you get to sit on stage, not as a Broadway person with Broadway performers and <laughs> witness this talent within like three to four feet of their greatness. And oh, man, just to be there. And I, I, did you see the video? I took a video uh, I did. <laughs> from the it's, reverse. It's, it's one of my favorite uh, selfie videos that I've reposted a bunch of times on different platforms. Oh, thank um, you. It, it's, and I love uh, it. It's so good. And one of the one of the greatest things I think about that moment, though, and it's something I had never thought about until that moment was uh, when you got ready to perform, um, you took your shoes off. And yeah. And then and then I stunk up the room. You know, like, <laughs> Tough ass acting to acting. No. <laughs> Another where, 80s where, reference. What's that smell? Yeah, there, there you go. Tough acting to acting. John Madden. Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the shoes must come off. The shoes must go. And, you know, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but part of the tradition is that it's a spiritual tradition. And um, 
anytime I'm allowed to connect with the instrument or the or the the drum or if a sitarist or sarod player or a bob player, we have our um, you know our routine and and part of that is you always wash your hands, um, you make kind of an internal um, prayer before you connect with the instrument because it's the instrument that's helped you get to the stage at the end of the day that's what we believe so it's a it's a you know give and take and um an exchange and there's a belief that you know when and if the instrument accepts you that's when you know doors will open so you know the least i can do is take off my old shoes when i approach the instrument and um especially when i've been walking 30 blocks 40 blocks in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Set foot in one, one subway and it's worse than every other public restroom in every other city. Um, <laughs> the reason I bring that, I brought that up was, was that it, it's almost personifying the, the instruments and treating them like a living entity. And, and I, I wanted to get into like your philosophical sort of belief behind um, the interconnectivity of uh, of all of us, of you and me, of the world, of when you're creating these vibrations, the whole world operates in vibrations, and, and it's the ebb and flow of the tide, and literal music is vibrating of strings, or shaking of whatever materials on top of drums, whatever the case is, and so every heartbeats, everything is, is a rhythm, and a vibration, and so when you're approaching the instrument as a master as a guru like it's it seems like it's more than just picking up and playing it's plugging in and connecting does that make mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know there's there's a couple things that you just reminded me of uh, in the movie avatar if you remember when the um i forget which character it was but when they connect with those like dragon flying horses mm -hmm. initially they they plug in and make if, the bond, and it, Jake. Make the bond. Make yeah. the bond. That well, yeah. that's that's what it is with our instrument. And to quote my guru, my ustad, because I still, no matter how long I've been doing this, I am still a student, and I'm still learning every time I set foot on the stage, and learning from everybody else in the cast with the way they move. You know, they inspire what I play each night, um, and so. Zakir Hussain is who I've studied with all my life and continue to study with. And he believes in, and says that the instrument has a spirit itself and, and that we honor that and we pay homage to that spirit anytime we connect with it. And, um, and also even the, the instrument maker, sometimes hmm. you'll have the opportunity. It's not like, you know, when you want to go to guitar center and you want to buy a new guitar, you just go out and you pick it up and it's, Hey, you want this one, man, you want the fender, you want the roads or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But if you're in uh, Afghanistan or India or uh, Pakistan, you'll go actually sit with the maker. You'll have tea, you'll break bread. You'll really connect with him. He'll pass you the instrument. You'll play the instrument get it to your liking and and there's a connection there also so from the root source um you know whatever animal it was and then um and the vibrations that are created once that skin is stretched by the maker 
then lands in my lap and hopefully it speaks to you know thousands of people who are coming in and out of the hell and haze each night that's that's really interesting uh, something you said uh it's skin you're stretching skin uh, across the this wooden shell right and so it's the wood was alive the skin of the animal was alive which is nothing against guitar players the gu guitar a lot some of that is wood but a lot of it is mechanical it's electronic it it doesn't uh uh i guess true it wasn't truly alive at any point in the same way that that tabla tabla i gotta get this right tabla, um <laughs> where it was alive and i didn't know the process of like sitting breaking bread and becoming uh, basically a friend of whoever is giving you this gift to allow you to then create this music to give gift to others. It's, it seems very circular and very spiritual. Absolutely. When I in 2004, I went to India for my first trip and it was just Guru Purnima, which is the day you celebrate your teacher a week ago. So it was celebrated globally where you honor your teacher. And so I landed uh, in July of 04 and upon checking in to the hotel, I got in to check in. I said, you need to call this tabla maker and let him know that, you know, Solar is here and I'm a student of Astad Zakir saying, and I need to have my tabla ready for the Guru Purnima festival. And, you know, I didn't even get a call back. I got back up to my room. I got, I called my teacher, uh, Zakirji, and he said, oh, there's, you know, word on the street is that this guy from California has landed in Mumbai and he's just calling the shots like he needs his drum to be sent to his hotel and and you know I kind of I, f I felt a little embarrassed there because I noticed that wait a minute this isn't about like the drum costs $999 or $1000 and here's the money so now you give me a perfect drum these aren't machine manufactured they're mm -hmm. made with literally blood sweat and tears and so um, I realized that the instrument qualities also, there's a, a, a destiny and a connection in Kismet with when you will arrive at a point where the instrument that is given to you, even though you've purchased it for the same price as another person, uh, might sound better. It might sound, have a different way of speaking. And connecting with you and therefore connecting better with the audience and having those perfect frequencies and harmonies uh, coming off that skin. Um, so I've been very lucky. Uh, a quick little story I'll give you. February of 2020, a month before the pandemic, right? I went out and bought three sets of tablas because I thought I was going to do a, a hundred concerts with Stanley Clark. So I bought the perfect E drum, the perfect D drum, the perfect F sharp drum, get home. It's like Feb 28th, turn on the TV and it's like <laughs> the government announces that we're going to do a two week shutdown. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. All right. Well, two weeks, I get to take two weeks off and then I'll hit the road. We were going to start the tour in, I think, Dublin, um, Ireland. So. Anyways, those drums, knock on wood, have lasted me till this point. They waited until the Kite Runner opened, and I've been playing on those instruments, so they've lasted me three years, touch wood, and, um, and they sound amazing. I'm so surprised the way they're singing in this hall. So um, there's another plug as to why people need to show up. <laughs> that, so... so 
the, they wear out and then then you have yes. to just get new ones can you replace the skin or is it just done sometimes if the skins want to go they just go and they'll the there's like a little rip that'll start and then it'll sound if you don't see it coming uh it'll sound like a piece of paper is being torn huh. in half and then you'll look down and you're like whoa the drum's like smiling at you um it, it's amazing because you know when i tour with different rock drummers or jazz drummers they'll have the company will come out and they'll bring like three four drum heads in case our drummer goes through his kick drum or they'll replace it during the concert <laughs> but for us playing this you know 500 year old tradition um instrument there's no mechanism yet to where we could change it on the spot so i usually have to have a secret backup off stage or i'll call up a few other tablo players in the vicinity and be like hey you know be on call if you can help me out help a brother out if we run into that situation so so far so good they uh we got a great insurance policy here <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a short break stay tuned for more of the episode So the Kite Runner, it opened recently on Broadway, did so well in the UK, came over here. It's phenomenal over here. And I want you to talk to the origin story of of creating a, a, a visual production out of this, because it's obviously a well-known book. It's won so many awards and it's incredible in the message it brings and the awareness it brings. But you were one of you, you were part of the driving force that actually brought this into fruition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so basically in, uh, let's go back to 1994. So 1994, <laughs> right? <laughs> there we go. Wayne's world. Uh, I walk into this, um, party and I'm like, oh, there's a set of tabla and there's this, uh, tabla master from Kabul visiting, uh, during that time. His name is Asif John and he was playing accompanying, um, uh, a very famous female vocalist. And what I didn't know was it was the night of Khalid Hussaini's, the author of The Kite Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, oops, drop that name. Let me pick that up real quick. <laughs> so he was um, getting engaged. It was his engagement party. So what would happen with me back then is I would walk in. I was a young little whippersnapper, itching to play the drums, you know, inching towards the drum set. So finally i got my chance i played two or three songs fast forward to 2004 i attend a call it a saini kite runner book signing you know ny times bestseller when i approach Khalid, he's like salar i'm like wait what he's like man wh- what are you doing here i was like i, I want to get my book signed he's like man get over here he's like we're family he's like did you for- did you not forget i have a vhs tape of you performing at the engagement party and i was like get out that was your engagement party and i had a i have a blown up picture of it in my studio and he said hey look man um do you want to get involved with any music uh anything you'd like to contribute and i was like absolutely that's why i'm here i came out to say if this is going to turn into a you know uh stage adaptation i'd love to be involved so fast forward another year i get a call from matthew spangler from sjsu he says hey I'm uh, adapting this into a play. Let's get together. Khalid recommended you. So we sat together in his living room, page by page, and and talked about different sections and cue points where we could hear different 
tabla music at the time within the uh, SJSU workshop. So the workshop was happening at San Jose State University. So we workshopped it there a couple years later, San Jose Repertory Theater, David Iyer Goldstein made the world premiere and they uh, had me come along as composer. So that's where I've featured different elements of Afghan music, uh, hmm. instrumentation like the Rabab, Dil Rabab, Afghan Zir Baghali. And, and so now for this production though, I've, there's been so many different elements like the Atan scene, the dance scene, the circular dancing. Yeah. I mean, that's something that goes back I would say at least 1500 years in Afghan like warrior tradition. It's a, it's a mountain dance. It's a dance that um, the different uh, like warriors would do to prepare for battle, believe it or not. So the drummer would, you know, kind of like when you see um, a film, modern day film about, you know, the civil war, there's a, someone on the snare and, and, you know, they're marching through it, same concept. And so it eventually became a celebratory uh, piece of music for weddings. So, um, March of uh, this year, uh, Jonathan and Giles Croft, Jonathan Gerling and Giles Croft came over to Los Angeles and I was showcasing a two night festival of traditional Afghan music. And they came out and saw a full 20 minute Atan. Usually, some Atan dances can be 40 minutes. It's like starts really slow and it's like the dance till you drop is what I call it. <laughs> Last man standing. So usually I'll stand in the middle and I'm the poor guy that got, have to keep on going. But here we do it for about, I don't know, 35 seconds, maybe 45 seconds every night and the audience loves it. I don't want to root it for the audience, but you got to come out and hear this Atan dance. So for me personally, for the Atan to be on Broadway, I would have never imagined in a million years for that to happen. So I'm so grateful and happy that everybody was so open to this idea and this concept and for it happening because that's something that really showcases the authentic culture um, of Afghanistan because a lot of people don't know that Afghanistan has its own dance traditions, its own poetry, uh, poetic traditions, song, you know, so many different genres of, of music, you know, when you travel, traverse mm -hmm. the different regions. Um, but anyways, I, I can go on and on. I know, I know we only have so much time here. Uh, <laughs> That's fascinating. It's, it's absolutely fascinating to me how, uh, how, how you're underscoring the, the entire production and it's, it's not a musical, it's a play, but so there, there's no like songs, there's nobody singing, but there is music the entire time. And it's coming from you and it's coming from, from others, other in the cast who are using hand instruments as well at various points to accentuate the action. And, and it's just so brilliant, brilliantly done. It feels like I am watching a movie live. And mm. for you sitting at the foot of the stage at, at any particular time, has it become harder for you? I remember you saying in the live event previously that it was, there were some times when you have to disconnect because the emotion is so, so hard. Like now that you've opened, things have been going on for a while. This is the seventh production, but gosh, are you still, ha is it still emotionally as deep for you as it was at the very beginning? Absolutely. So I have, um, there's a line, you know, saying that, there's been 20 years of war because it's 2001, but now we're in 2022 and mm -hmm. it's still, you know, a mess there. 
a massive mess and uh, 95% of the Afghan population is facing uh, famine and starvation because the, the, they're not allowing assistance in and, and food in uh, to the country. So it's, it's a really, really, we're finding ourselves at, at a very dangerous crossroad um, with, with the innocent people of Afghanistan, the kids. Mm-hmm. And so um, this hits home every day. Um, I basically, I have almost 110 first cousins that are still there. Um, I have very close family that's trying to work on um, reopening schools, uh, helping women uh, enter different positions within the society, or within the workplace. And so I deal with this um, every day. Every morning I get an update, every evening I get uh, at least one message from an aspiring tabla player who's like, please help me. And I should mention that I, in 2020 I launched SNTF, the Solar Tabla Foundation, and that's a foundation where we give out scholarships, music scholarships, to students from all walks of life, all over the world. And that's one way I've tried to help some of these kids who are still dreaming, you know, they want to become something and, and it can be tabla, it can be flute, it can be piano, something creative. Um, and so me being here right now is trying to open that door up. So hopefully their dreams stay alive. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm like literally bawling some nights on stage and I'm like, okay, please don't turn my lights on because <laughs> how can I not, there's so many uh, parallels with my life. My, my mom attended our opening last week and it was her first time in New York in 35 years. Our wow. first stop from as Afghan refugees was Queens, New York. So we lived here from 1982 through 85. Uh, and then I started kindergarten in San Francisco. And so I remember pizza by the slice, uh, playing in the playground, um, and the other night we passed by Casino Boulevard and then my mom was like, well, we used to live off of that street in Queens. So, and she asked me, do you want to go? And I said, and I, I said, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to go stand in front of the buildings and, and just feel that yet, maybe before the run's over. But, um, yeah, it hits home. It hits hard because we live it, we're living it and we're still living what's happening uh, within the country and the refugees that we connect with on a daily basis. Well, right. So, so you, you mentioned it and I, I wanted to just expand on that for people listening now that your family, uh, you were born in 81 in Germany to Afghan parents. And then but your parents were also, they were forced to flee in the actual Russian Afghan war that is being, uh, dramatized in the kite runner so you, you you literally lived through the experience that we're watching unfold in such a horrifically dramatic way on stage and so yeah it makes total sense that you're just not ready yet that's hard every time we get into uh, that mode uh, to prepare for that scene when I'm looking at that like caravan of eight to ten actors who are on stage I see my aunts, I see my, my baby cousins, um, because I know those stories of how they actually, uh, some of them were smuggled through the Pakistan border. But then uh, part, of the, part of the trip was to walk through the mountains. Uh, and, and these aren't like 
you know, we're talking when I visit Denver, Colorado, and we're above 6,000, 7,000 feet, that's how high it was. And hmm. to wear sandals and try to walk through that in, in the dark of night so that um, the Russian helicopters didn't detect you, um, you know, that when I'm in that scene, I have to try to turn that off. But some nights I let myself go, you know, I let myself and I play through that scene also. You know, there's there's underscore that happens there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's 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 heavy. It's heavy. But I'm I'm really grateful that Khaled wrote these factual historical pieces of the Afghan um, story into the kite runner so that we don't forget. You know, it's easy to really forget that because it was you know, the late 70s, the early 80s. But now um, we see it happening right now in another part of the world. Mm -hmm. And so um, I hope that people can still open up their hearts uh, to the innocent people of Afghanistan who, you know, they're really paying the price. You know, there's a lot of, there's some guilt I live with because I made it out. And so I get to guilt. be out here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask so, about that. If Like, you're literally on Broadway eight times a week in front of entertaining people, right? You're entertaining. And you've been all over the TV and all over the world and all over this. And then, yeah, there's people who can't get clean water. Yeah. And so I, I, I was... I'm glad you brought up the foundation because so much of what you do and who you are is about interconnectivity and that's why i brought that up earlier internet interconnectivity with the instrument and the culture and everything and but you give back everything you do seems to be about giving back and acknowledging and trying to help others get lifted up as well and absolutely as much as possible turning a really horrible situation into something a little bit better you know i my parents in integrated me into you know when i first started playing the instrument they were like okay what's going on with this guy like, what is this knack he has for the drums? And um, and I met my teacher uh, in 88, and he accepted me as his student. So he trained me, and then my parents said, well, we, we don't see you doing this as a profession because I was still a child. So I would show up to different concerts in the 80s that were fundraising concerts for... Um, different Afghan orphanages um, and organizations that were helping families get out or families assimilate or arrive uh, to California or New York. And in every concert I played from the age of seven all the way up until I want to say 18, I donated everything I earned. I <laughs> never, there, there, there were nights where I remember people would shower the front of the stage with, um, it was like they would make it rain and they were like i think 20s and hundred dollar bills but i was trained to um pick up my tablas and walk off stage and then say that please donate these funds uh and i remember other kids would be like oh my god that was so much money why don't you grab some like at least a couple notes and i was like no my mom and dad told me that you know i need to donate this and it needs to help i just loved it 
you know, you gotta gloss over. You're just like, oh, I've been playing concerts since I was seven. <laughs> 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 like, my, literally, my my I have a seven and a half year old, a six year old, and and God, like they're just oh, good wow. at video games and like making a mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did that too. RBI Baseball, Tech Mobile, and then I had my Sega Genesis and that's right and all that. And I'm I'm trying to get back into it because these gamers now make make a pretty oh, good yeah so if they continue you never know <laughs> i know I'm, try I'm trying to encourage the 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 uh the love of electronics and coding i like the creation of video games and then right. i wanted i wanted to touch on that uh um with you too real quick i know we're, i know we're out of time but um you've done music for video games too because there's a again it's a lot of a lot of underscoring right 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 video games um gosh of course, films. Um, there was a video game conference. Oh my gosh, what was it? Sony PlayStation. Yeah, the E3, and I opened E3, up right? the E three exactly. Yeah. And we we opened up that conference. Um, and and yeah, I mean the tabla, the tabla is actually still being discovered. And it was just in an iPhone commercial this year, a couple months ago. And everybody's like, "Was that you?" And Kendrick Lamar just used it in a song. And and a lot of people were texting me. Did you play tabla there? And I'm like, okay, good. Now it's arrived on Broadway. So we're just beginning to scratch the surface on the instrument's capabilities because it's an instrument that can be tuned. But then on the other hand, you can play notes. You, you can play a seven note scale and up to two, maybe three octaves, depending on how good the instrument is and the player is. Um, and so it's sky's the limit sky is the limit i mean i always i've been taught that that it's limitless and and so i you know i'm i'm gonna throw this out there actually uh, a friend of mine was saying we should get hugh jackman out here you know to do a tap and tabla thing music man versus kite runner on good morning america so hey <laughs> I, I, i'm ready to go i'm ready to go all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna clip this out. We're gonna send it to his team. We're gonna make there it happen. And I wanna I I want you to, gotta be there. I, I of course I will be there. You let me know. Um, the cellar system is like your new kind of what is it, a genre, a collection. And I actually want to play before you explain what it is. I want to play it. Okay. Hey. This is from uh, the Afghan Talent season finale, season 10 finale. Nice. And then we get into the fun part. So you're blending R&B, hip hop, and like all this modern electronic EDM uh, with with this 500 year old technique, and I think it is brilliant. And you're getting noticed for it for obvious reasons. Thank you. And you know that that trip that that was actually in Kabul, 2016, on Afghan Star, which you mentioned for Nauros, and I showed up, and everybody was like, "Well." He's probably going to play a classical uh, tabla solo. And I said, nah, -uh. 
<laughs> I said, I want to expose, I want the audience to just hear something that they weren't prepared for. And they actually ended up one of the eldest judges on that show. His name is Mir Maftun. And the guy plays this instrument called the Dan Buddha or Dotar literally means two strings. He was about to jump out of his seat and, and, uh, my mother-in-law tells me every time she watches that video, she's like, he's about to just get off of his seat and start dancing. And he's from like the Badakhshan region of Afghanistan, like the mountain regions, and he can't stop clapping. And I said, uh-huh, you know, light bulb went off. Music, rhythm, melody has no boundary, has no border. And as cliche as it sounds, it doesn't. And mm -hmm. you, can, you can communicate anything with anyone it's almost like it's the most peaceful way of connection and communication there is. And um, I saw it there. I'm so happy you shared that, that little bit. And, um, and I was in a punk rock band <laughs> in, in the early 90s. That's right. Drum set. So I'll send you the next creation. It's, it's going to be heavy, heavy metal with tabla. Really? Oh, my goodness. I would love to hear that. Okay, so three questions I ask everybody to wrap up the episodes. The first one, just very simply, is what motivates you? Everyday breath and oxygen, which I need right now. <clears throat> Motivation is something that I would say inspiration is, for me, having the luxury of being able to wake up daily without a bomb dropping within 50 feet and having that limitless opportunity is if that's not self-motivating or inspiring um, I don't know what is hmm. I've been really lucky and blessed so freedom is the source Wow so next question then is what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path Go with your gut, listen to your heart, of course, never stop dreaming, but realize the dream and always, always stay close to your mentors and teachers. No one has ever said that before. And it is so simplistically beautiful. Like your mentor, your true mentors, your true teachers, they're always going to have your back. I get it. I get it. All right. Because so, they walk, they walk the path. Yeah. So. Yeah. They've given you the blueprint. Yeah. So the, the last question, and I, I asked this in the live event, so don't worry about giving the same answer. Uh, just say the first thing that's on your mind this, in this, this moment. So if you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Wow. One show, can it be a, a film or does it have anything? To be anything. First thing that came to mind. Wow. Two things that came to mind. The Goonies and Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I don't know. Those, those, those were the first two that came to mind. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, where can we find you online, connect with you, get information on the foundation and the scholarships? Thank you so much. So, at Solar System and Solar Nader on Instagram, as well as Twitter. SolarNader.com uh, is the website where you can read up on SNTF, the foundation. Um, and, and yeah, just all Solar Nader and Solar System. 
the music as well, Spotify, iTunes, it's everywhere. And, and enjoy it. If, if people are taking time out of their lives to look me up or have a listen, I thank you with eternal gratitude. And I hope you make it to the Helen Hayes so I can perform for you. <laughs> yes, everybody, please go see The Kite Runner. It is so good. And Salar is so good as well. Thank you so, thank so, you, so much. I really, really Absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure, brother. Thank you so much. Take a deep breath. Make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.